What's up? What's up, y'all? And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to some assembly. Some assembly. Some assembly required. Welcome to some assembly required. Let's chat. What's up, y'all? And welcome to some assembly required. This is your host, E. It is another Friday. We are now in April. I think we are officially now in spring. And for the very first time ever, I have a surprise for you all. We have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Brandon. I actually almost forgot I was here for a second. I was sitting enjoying the show and then I heard you say you got a guest and I was thinking, who was it? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, you're not, I mean, you're the first one here and we're excited to bring a guest on. I've been dreaming about this since the inception of the show. We are both sitting here in my closet. It's pretty nice. I mean, it's pretty cozy. Uh, had some, some audio issues already, so this has run on longer than we already planned, uh, which was zero minutes long. We planned for none of this. I'm cramping already. <laughs> it's going to be fabulous, and I'm so excited to have Brandon here with us. Um, today, we are going to be chatting about something very present in my life. I've had a few tough situations um, come across my lap, you know, things that are just tough to get through and really require a lot of resilience, I think, is what I've come down to. Have you had a lot of those moments in your life, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the most present one might be, you know, sitting crisscross applesauce in this closet for the last <laughs> 20 minutes while we were trying to figure out audio. That, uh, that definitely required a little bit of mental resilience, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a coach, so my background, right, I coach cross-country and track um, at a high school and at a college, so you know, I, I deal with a lot of those those mental aspects with my with my athletes a lot. So I see it a lot in practice and like in application, I guess. You know? Yeah, there's a lot a lot to be said for having resilience in the learning environment, in the racing environment, in the running environment. Um, but across the board, right? We we have this idea of what resilience is, and very recently, I've been trying to remind myself of what resilience really entails and how do you become more resilient, right? What, what are your thoughts? How do, what do you think you need to do to become more resilient? Oh, you're asking me this already. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm on, the, I'm on the hot seat. Um, well, basically to me, it really is just a matter of, um, like almost repetition, right? You just, you keep immersing yourself in a situation, right? Or a, a scenario or, or whatever, you know, whatever kind of thing you're looking at, right? It's just, it, it, I really don't think it's something to overcomplicate almost. I think like just the more you do something, right, you, you become resilient to whatever, whatever difficulties are associated with it. So, I mean, you know, if you're just looking at something like physically, right, like exercise, I mean, you know, the first time you go to the gym or hit leg day or something, right, you can't walk for like a week, you know, you're, you're pretty out of commission mm -hmm. for a while and your, your body's just not used to it. And I mean, maybe that's the case too later. I mean, I get leg day always kind of blows, but, <laughs> but um, you know, your, your recovery times reduce, right? And that's, that's your body becoming more adapted to the exercise, right? So your, your muscles are more resilient to that kind of damage and that, that sort of, you know, breakdown. Yeah, that's and a perfect analogy. Yeah, that... I think your brain's the same way. Really. Yeah, exactly. You, you build it all up. You, you work on exposure. You repeat it. Practice makes perfect, right? That's that's what we hear. But really, like all other skills, if we practice resilience, it will improve. And I was coming across this issue where I'm like, well, how how can I be resilient right now? I just I'm so emotionally fueled by whatever's going on, and I, I was really debating like, what is what is this resilience? What what aspects of myself make me more resilient? And I came across a couple of plans that exemplify resilience and that are like strategies towards becoming more resilient. I'm going to run you, Brandon, through 
a kind of childhood version of it and then maybe like a, a reader friendly version of it so feel free to stop me at any time there's this guy dr ginsburg dr ginsburg he's a childhood psychologist and sorry childhood pediatrician and human development expert this wrote it down like a, this guy sounds like a super villain dr ginsburg <laughs> But yeah, you're right. He does sound evil. Um, and working with children is always a, a little bit scary, yeah, right? Uh, Red flags. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, Dr. Ginsburg, has this these things called prepare yourself for lots of letters and numbers in this episode. These are the seven C's of resilience. And they are competence, confidence, connection, character, contribution, coping, and control. Let's all that sink in. I think my what brain's do doing a pretty good job of being resilient to memorizing all those letters. It's a lot. It's, it's a guy wrote a paragraph. Do you mean mnemonic. resistant or resilient? <laughs> Maybe a little both. Well, yeah, that's, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I read these and I was like, wait, okay, if I sit here and I really think about them, I can understand it, but it's not really people friendly. You know, that's not, mm-hmm. we're talking about children, but this is the scientific, the doctor's version. Yeah. I mean, they, they always love to post dissertations and, yeah, and stuff, and, but I mean, shoot, let's I just mean, go it through it, right? I mean, in its simplify own right. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and somebody, thankfully for us, did that work already. <laughs> I, I love those people. Spark noters. I, yeah, I love the people that create the spark notes yeah, because well, i am the reader yeah i just i like the abridged version of everything so seriously I mean, we, well, well let's I go got, through the full I thing first right and then, then i can appreciate all the breakdown later i have i have the breakdown right now um the quick breakdown <laughs> well, well let's run through that paragraph again i'm kind of curious of all those all those c's <laughs> so we had the seven c's of resilience right and i i won't deep dive into those right now because i think that they're all more accessible in this other format. So let me tell you what that is. That is the the Wellbeing Project. This is a company out of the UK that promotes healthy high performance at the heart of how the world does business. Now, yeah. isn't that a mindfuck? Yeah. Promotes healthy <laughs> high performance at the heart of how the world does business. And I realized that like, this is what I I see in a utopian society, right? Like we're all high performers, healthily, and promoting good business in like all aspects of life, right? Mm-hmm. That's my. I was like, holy cow! So, so this these people have listed out. This is already look up the well the well being project in the UK if you're interested in their mission and what they're doing with businesses in the UK. Mm-hmm. But they promote on their website what they call the five pillars of resilience. So now we're going down from seven C's to five pillars. And they are self-awareness, mindfulness, self-care, positive relationships, and purpose. So I find those five to basically encompass all of the seven C's. Like if if I'm really thinking about it, Self-awareness can be tied to confidence. It can be tied to control. Mindfulness can be tied to coping. Uh, Positive relationships can be tied to connections and character. And purpose can be tied to your competence, Mm -hmm. to your contributions. Like all of those, the seven C's are incorporated in this. And then there's a host of other sources that have these different kind of methods, strategies, whatever, to being more resilient. But really, I was breaking. I was breaking these down, and I was thinking, you know, these are the things that we have to practice when yeah. we come across those difficulties. Like, where do you see in in the kids you're working with nowadays, or just in your life in general? Like, do you feel more in line with the the five pillars or the seven C's? What do you think is more representative of resilience for you? Oh, well, honestly, probably those five pillars. I yeah. mean, those already kind of made way more sense. Just I mean, even the first one, right? Self-awareness. That's probably, like, one of the biggest things that, like, I think a lot of people are missing, right? Or just being able to kind of master that or or gain control of that, right? Or even just implementing self-awareness. I think that kind of already sets you on the trajectory 
to do a lot of things better, right? To do, uh, to like improve yourself, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, like it's easy as a coach, right? I, I can see these kids, right? I'm just going to relate it to track because mm-hmm. that's my sport, right? Running, right? You can see these kids or athletes or whoever, right? And they're running through the race and you see the moments where they kind of start to, to falter or fall off or where they need to kind of push or dig a little deeper, mm-hmm. whatever, right? Any sort of feedback. And it's super easy, like, from the outside to see it, mm-hmm. right? And you can see those moments and dissect them. But, like, as you're running, right, and just flashing back to my own, like, running and cycling career and racing and all that stuff, right, you don't always notice it as it's happening. So one thing I used to do a lot um, when I was in college racing um, – I would think back on my races and stuff, right? Or mm-hmm. really, too, I also had a GoPro on my camera, so that helped. <laughs> you know, I could, I could go back and look and see where I blew it. But, um, you know, just reflecting on your performances or, you know, it doesn't have to be a performance. It could be like your day, right? And thinking about, you know, where where do I want to improve or what is the thing I'm struggling with, right? Mm-hmm. And where does that tend to pop up in my day or in my event or my activity or my interview or whatever you want to kind of apply it to? Yeah. You're um, self-aware. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you're thinking of these things. And then the yes. more you think of them, like, in reflection, right, I think that makes it easier to identify when they actually happen in practice or in and an application. And that pushes right into their second pillar of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Like, you're kind of being aware of yeah. yourself, right? And then taking care of that awareness in this like weird way and like knowing what your abilities are on a good day knowing what your abilities are on a bad day pulling all of these things around you and like still pushing that for success and being kind to yourself in that process moving to number three self-care like it's really tough especially for youth I imagine to do the self-awareness piece right manage it be proficient in it, be mindful, and then not be hard on themselves when they don't succeed. Yeah. Like having that ability to care for themselves and, and you know, give themselves the mm-hmm. bandwidth to correct and to grow. Yeah. What do you think about that? No, I mean, I, I think these all kind of, you know, I, for, I already forgot the last two, but I know we'll get there, right? Uh-huh. Um, but just, it, it feels like they all kind of waterfall into the next one, right? I mean, like, self-awareness is kind of a difficult one to to do right Mm -hmm. you can you can kind of reflect and think and you know whatever but actually catching stuff in the moment becomes difficult Mm -hmm. that's always tricky and and then going to mindfulness from there right being aware that things are happening or thinking about situations around you um you know i'm also not the best at articulating right so that's this is is where i i think that our evil Dr. Ginsburg seven C's like really help. Right. So I wrote, I wrote down these five pillars and I wrote down our seven C's and I started trying to like draw arrows to connect them to see like which seven C's represent which pillar. Mm -hmm. Right. And the self-awareness I tied to confidence and to control, which is like, I mean, you can, and these, you can interpret them however you want, but I thought those were like really key and then the mindfulness and the self-care, both tying to coping. I was like, what else? What else? You know, maybe connection for mindfulness, connection mm-hmm. with yourself. And then moving into that fourth one of positive relationships, where it's almost like they say self-care because you can't start building relationships or taking care of other people if you haven't decided to take care of yourself first, right? Yeah. But once you have the self-care down, you move on into positive relationships and that really helps promote i mean team aspects in youth sports like you yeah can totally speak to that totally right i mean so just thinking of all of them right they're all just like building blocks on top of each other self-awareness yeah you know you you know you need to talk about you know you need to address mindfulness kind of ties in with that right now you're actually being aware of it um and then the self-care really i mean that's almost like you're you're like armoring yourself right you're you're preparing yourself for any sort of feedback or or, you know like you were talking about how it's easy to be hard on yourself right Mm -hmm. that's like a really important kind of one for me that I've noticed right I think a lot of kids and a lot of people are self-aware right Mm -hmm. and they they just hyper fixate on what they're doing wrong right or where they could have been better or whatever but they're not relaying it back to themselves in a healthy manner where it's like okay 
well, what can I do to improve it? It's just like, oh, I messed up. I blew it. Like, I suck, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it shouldn't be looked at like that. It's like, you know, you, you're going to learn from those, right? Those are all learning opportunities. And you're going to learn way more from messing up than you would from, you know, having like a perfect perfect run through of whatever. So I, I think that kind of, um, that, well, what was, what was the phrase again? Self, self-care, self right? Yeah. There you go. Um, like taking care of yourself, right? That's allowing you to go in to build those positive relationships where maybe some people are going to give you feedback that like you don't like to hear. And just knowing that like stuff like that isn't personal. They're trying to help you get better. If you already have those positive relationships, you're going to be aware of it, right? You're not going to look at everything as an attack or like, you know, if someone's giving you feedback at work or like I'm giving feedback to like an athlete or something, it's not me telling them they suck or something or they they need to work on this because I don't like it or whatever. It's it's yeah. a, it's an avenue for them to improve. Mm-hmm. So if they're already like in the right headspace, right? They've been taking care of themselves um and they're you know, mentally they're they're strong and they're healthy, right? You're way more open to that kind of feedback and and you know, it is criticism to some degree. It's more like a critique, right? I, I don't even know if I yeah. call it criticism. It's I mean, like you're critique. You're throwing it back to the um, earlier episodes of some assembly required, you yeah. know, like digest that information mm-hmm. and understand it for what it is and like right that's really what creates those positive mm-hmm. relationships like if you know how to take feedback it's it's the uh what is it the comprehension Com- not mm-hmm. the communication yeah right like once you have those things going all of those relationships turn positive unless somebody's really out to get you which is like and those people are out there right i mean i know it is and like that almost i mean that goes back to like sports oh my gosh (laughs) yeah no i mean there's there's always people that want to beat you and want to get the edge on you so they're going to try to get in your head right or they're going to do things off the field that you know you just have to be above it and know that hey this person is probably lashing out because they're not confident they're probably not in the right mental space like and they're just trying to get at me too you know it's that's more a reflection of them i know it sounds like cheesy right and you're if being in high school number two mindfulness right yeah exactly um and i know as like a younger athlete right it's kind of like in your head and maybe sometimes as an adult too you know you want to snap back and be the be the more clever one or the wittier one but like you know at the end of the day it you kind of just got to do your own thing right that that person that's talking and doing whatever and getting you isn't going to run the race for you or or Mm. do the job for you or do the interview for you right i mean and if you're wasting energy thinking about them, you're you're draining it from what you could have been putting in towards your event or your your job or whatever, right? You're, you you're are just effortlessly flying into the last one, which <laughs> is purpose, right? Like you have all these things, you've mastered these awesome things, you have positive relationships, like everything's incredible, but you have to remember why you're doing it. Exactly, right? And that I think. The whole thing almost right now that we're going through Dr. Doofenshmirtz's list of, you know, whatever it was. Uh, resilience. Yeah, there we go. The <laughs> and the five pillars. Yeah. Um, loops back into self-awareness, right? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, are you doing it because you want to just flex on people and, like, let them know, hey, I'm better than you? Or are you actually doing it because you want to get better and see how, like, good you could be or how far you can go in your job or how good you can be at your job, right? I mean... What's your real motive? And I think a lot of times these people that are loud and, you know, talk trash and stuff, it's like, you know, I'm sure there is confidence, right, to go out there and, and smack talk. I know there is an element of that. I'm not going to be a total, total, you know, ignorant. ignorant to that, right? But at the same time, right, like, why are you trash talking? You know, there, I feel like to me, in my head, and this is just my stance on it, like there's something that you're insecure about or there, there's some sort of lack of confidence if you have to go remind people that that you're the, you're better than them or you're the best, right? So it's that self-awareness mm-hmm. thing, right? If someone's doing that to you, it's like, well, I'm, why am I losing energy to this? Do I Am I concerned that they're better than me? And if they are, okay, no big deal. I'm just going to keep doing my thing and trying to get better than them, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. So doesn't have to to be a big battle it doesn't and it's i mean it's a journey and it's cyclical like by the time you get back to your purpose you start becoming self-aware and then you start becoming mindful and then you care for yourself and you create more relationships and then you find new purpose and then you do it again right like i'm gonna come back to that other point but i have an analogy to that that i'm like yeah totally a song lyric remember that when we get to the end but all of these like pillars seven c's whatever i was like yeah these are 
this is what I was seeking, right? I was going through a couple of things, right? Not just any one thing, but a couple of things that when they all add up on the right day, make you feel a little defeated, right? And and that's where we have to decide to be resilient. And these reminding myself of what the items are to focus on is so helpful to help me get through those moments. Like if, say, I didn't have that tool when I was 16, right? Yeah. But I, I have this tool now and I can go through and try and be self-aware about my situation, try to be mindful, try to care for myself, try to make sure that I'm relying on those around me and doing it in a positive way, right? Like we can sit there and talk smack about someone or vent about something, but is that really productive? Like how can we turn that into positive energy for ourselves and then ultimately follow through with our purpose and things? Like we can do that. And I, I found my way through to that. And I feel like you guide a lot of your, your students, your athletes into that direction. Mm-hmm. And what I found was really interesting as well about these, these studies, the Dr. Ginsburg, the, all of this stuff about resilience. Somewhere in the middle of the American Psychological Association website, they refer to something called, again, told you guys, lots of letters and numbers, the other three R's. Because apparently if you say the three R's, everybody thinks of reduce, reuse, recycle. So they call it the other three R's. The waste management slogan or something. (laughs) I didn't even know this was called the three R's. Okay. But I was like, why is this called the other three R's? Me thinking there must have been like an initial study of the three R's. But actually it just means reduce, reuse, recycle. Anyway. um, So they said in, in this article regarding specifically students and specifically problem solving and greater success. That there are the three R's, the other three R's. A lot of letters. <laughs> that um, are are essential to increasing problem solving and academic achievement and greater success in life. And they are get this resilience, mm-hmm. <laughs> reasoning, and responsibility. What do you think about that? Hmm. Resilience, which we've been talking about all day. So, where, how does reasoning and responsibility tie into resilience, and how, why are they separate? I feel like they were included in resilience, right? I feel like there's lots of yeah, reasoning I mean, and resilience. I think they, and there are components of resilience, but maybe it's like. So I'll I'll use an example here. With running, right? A lot of the times, if if you're a track person, you've ever run the 400 meter, you know, the, the 400 meter dash, mm-hmm. the, the the one lap around the track, it sucks, right? It, it's, it blows. Mm-hmm. You feel really good for like 150 meters. Your form is good. You're running fast, but it's not like a, you know, balls out sprint. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're in this kind of weird sweet spot for like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And the event usually takes, you know, like if you're really good, just, yeah. okay, for an, an average Joe, you're taking about a minute, right? Just say, think of it like that. So that first quarter, you, you feel pretty good because it's not like the full-blown 100, but it's fast, so you feel like you're flying. And then you get to the halfway mark, and that's when everything hits you. <laughs> and it's just, it it starts to feel really rough, right? Then you get to coming up on the last straightaway, you know, 100 meters, 120 meters, right? Last mm-hmm. quarter of the race, and it, it, it's your life sucks. You know, you're... You're falling apart. Your legs have never been heavier in your life. You know, you just, you can barely move. It's like running through sand in a dream. Mm-hmm. It's not even like running through sand in real life. It's like in a dream when you can't even move when you're trying to run on concrete. <laughs> then you go on the sand and you're trying to run, right? I used to have those dreams every <laughs> like, time I'd get sick. Yeah, like into a, a seven, 747's wind turbine, like the engine, right? You just, you're not moving, okay? It sucks. So one thing you tell, like, your athletes and your runners is, like, once you get to 200, you know, roughly, right, you have to remind yourself to to keep your form in check, right? Like, it's really easy that first 100 to 200 meters to look good and look strong, but then once once the race gets hard, that's when your form starts falling apart, right? And you know these things, and, like, they go through it in practice and drills, right? Pump your arms, drive your knees, land on balls of your feet. But once you get so tired and beat down, you just forget about it. So if you're not actively reminding yourself 
to do it, right? You're not telling yourself along the way, keep doing it, keep checking this, work on that, what's falling apart, where am I tired? You won't. So like you can know it beforehand and until you go into it, if you're not reminding yourself, you're not going to do it. You're going to forget. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think this is almost kind of like that, right? Like resilience is the main thing. And you you know like to be resilient, like you got to persevere and do all these things or take all this and that, yada, yada. But like then like the the responsibility, right, and the reasoning, those components, like those come back in once you start to kind of get to your limit right like um almost like the same cycle exactly right like Like nothing nothing's like permanent you know like even resilience and motivation and all these things that people talk about right they're all kind of like they go through flows right you you have stuff like you're motivated for a little bit right you watch that video on youtube you're ready to go work out but then you know maybe on the drive over you start to fizzle out you know driving to the gym and it's like ah, now i'm here like you know, McDonald's is across the street, you know, <laughs> they have pretty good fries. Or if you're you know? in Paris, France, it's in the same building. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. Like, you know, teriyaki starts to sound pretty good right as you're about to go in. So yeah. you have that motivation. It's fleeting, right? And same with like resilience. I mean, yeah, there's an underlying, you know, string or core of resilience that runs through you or motivation and discipline and all these things. But like but you still need once, the yeah, still need and the like you run out of them, you've got to kind of recharge or, mm-hmm. or just push through so like kind of reminding about like the reasoning and the responsibility right um i think those things kind of help you maintain your resilience right um and when they they listed these they listed reasoning first and i try not to pay too much attention to that but i was like you know it makes a lot of exa- a lot of sense if you go through the logic of things you go through the meat of things and all of a sudden like you hit a snag right forces you to be resilient but you don't just blow up, right? You're responsible for it. You you take on what you need to take on. You do it. You know, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And then you reason yourself into the next big thing. And it, it was so important to me to see that, like, specifically the American Psychological Association or whatever, the AMA, um, said that this, this is a quote, benefits student achievement and general life success strategies i almost think Uh on reasoning right like like to me like the way my brain would interpret that and like relating it to resilience is like looking at things objectively right like reasoning like okay something bad happened to me right or something i didn't like happened to me this upset me like why like what really happened why is it bothering me like was this really like a personal attack on me? Like, is the universe really just sending stuff my way because mm-hmm. like it hates me? It's like no, dude. Like, the Earth doesn't even know you exist. Like, you know, <laughs> like they're not they're not dropping you know hail on you just because it's you, right? You know, it's just it it happens. Stuff happens, right? It's not specifically for you all the time. Some things I get are, but like, you know, being able to assess that and really look at a situation and not just be like, oh, it's just not my day, like. You know, things aren't going my way. This is why everything just keeps happening. When it rains, it pours, you know? Like, but no. there's, there's like, logic, right? Like, there's, yeah. there's a literal reasoning to why certain things happen and how yeah, certain Yeah, but that's happen. what I mean by reasoning, yeah. right? Like, you can identify and pick apart, like, okay, well, what did actually happen because it's me? And what didn't happen because it's me? And then, like, okay, say, control, like, just right? take numbers, right? Like, ten things happened to me today that I didn't like, right? But really only two of them were, like, personal like attacks right like my boss was just picking on me right or like my boss is having a bad day just whatever like you know um and then the other eight were like oh a a cat jumped in front of my car and like i had to break really hard and like hurt my back like that wasn't anything that like the cat did to you like that just happened right like those things like if you can separate all that and sift it's like okay well really maybe not that much actually happened to me that was that bad that was like personal it's just a bunch of, like, it's a weird day, right? Like, like the other day, some bozo, like, cut out in front of me and like when I was driving, you know? And, like, they saw me, and then they kept going, and then they stopped, like, in the middle of the road. So I was like, what the heck, dude? Like, didn't you see me coming? Like, mm-hmm. But it's like, he doesn't know who I am. I don't know who this guy is. I'm never going to see him again. Like, whatever, just brush it off, forget about it. It wasn't, like, personal. Guy probably just, like, rolled out and just had a delayed reaction, you know? Like, I've done that it happens so like being able to reason and like think about those things one thing i did actually um 
learn in college. I wasn't a psych major or anything, but <laughs> it was in a psych class. Um, and I don't know if they changed the name for it, but at the time it was called like fundamental attribution bias. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so basically the example they give you for it is like, if you're in the hallway running late to class or something and like you bump into someone, it's not that because you're a jerk. It's like, oh, shoot, I was running late for class. Like, it was an accident. Sorry, I got to go. Like, you know, whatever. I can't. I don't have time to apologize. I just, you know, I was running late. That's why. But if someone bumps into you, like, run into class, it's like, oh, dude, what a jerk. You know, like, you're just inherently assuming there's something, like, there's a fault or a flaw in the other person. Um, so, like, but there isn't something wrong with you. It's something mm-hmm. wrong with them. That's why they did it. Yeah, but, I think like, that's a good way to, like, convince or to kind of check yourself, I guess, exactly. a lot of times and, and that's in different I think scenarios. And I think it, reasoning comes into that. Definitely. I think there's a lot of, like, you know, logical reasoning. Like, just, mm-hmm. like, this, 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 this. This is what happened. And that's also, personal. like, part of that, like, self-awareness and mindfulness, right? Like, everybody's got a different story going on, right? They're all the main character of their but own I story. I want to push that. Mm-hmm. I want to move into that responsibility piece, right? Because... Yeah. Say somebody does that shitty thing anyway, right? Thinking about how we we broke down resilience, we mm-hmm. hit reasoning on the head right now, right? And responsibility. Like, thinking about these difficulties come across your lap. You reason yourself through it. You understand that it's not your fault. Or maybe yeah. you have difficulty understanding that it's not your fault because there's no reason to it. It's very possible, mm-hmm. right? Those situations where we say, oh, it's just god's plan right Mm -hmm. or whatever people want to say it's our responsibility to handle that that difficulty that was placed on our lap yeah i agree so if if that guy comes out of the car like something that i've seen happen right some guy cut off some other guy but the guy was literally like you were just saying he was just pulling out didn't realize Mm -hmm. what was happening but now the guy that he accidentally cut off starts following him, gets out of the car at a red light, punches this guy in the face. Yeah. So even, like, say he even got through his reasoning portion. Say there there was a true reason. Say this guy cut him off because he wanted to. Does, is, is the responsibility then to punch that guy in the face? No. No. I mean. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, there are those situations where I'm like, the reasoning is great and the reasoning helps. And then there are those other situations where it's like, you just have to be responsible and understand that something's happening because of an unfortunate circumstance, like things that yeah, don't have a real I mean, reason. That's an, uh, right. So like my brain was kind of going in a different direction. Right. So I think that responsibility thing is like a two, you know, double edged sword, whatever, not double edged sword, but like, you know, there's two sides of the coin that you could look at it. Right. For me, I was thinking like about self-responsibility, right? Like, you almost owe it to yourself to you know, like you're responsible to yourself, right? To to reason through your day and to think of things and you know dissect them and and just kind of persevere. Because if you don't, what's the alternative, right? You just end up going into a slump. You just get all depressed and stuff. You sit in bed all day and but like you just don't drive. There's I'm no attributing drive. to the resilience piece, right? But like that's what I'm saying. You know, like you're responsible to yourself to do these things because if you don't the alternative is you just kind of like waste away right and then that's first of all it's like physically unhealthy so you're gonna get all sorts of you know like health ailments right if you don't try to be resilient when times get tough right if you you know like you had a bad day at work or you didn't have like like in track right you didn't you didn't have a good race you know like yeah, you, you can go home and be bummed about it and just be like, well, I'm just going to quit and not, like, not ever do it again, right? But like just using track as the analogy for like life, right, or whatever your mm-hmm. your situation is, like you're kind of responsible to yourself to to keep yourself going, right? Like that's kind of just the game of life. Like, you know, I get sometimes it feels unfair. It's like, well, I didn't even ask to, like, to be here, you know? Like this is my parents, you know? I just got dropped in here and mm-hmm. like now I got to get a job and like, figure out all this adult stuff and get a house like whatever but like what's the alternative you know like i just don't do anything and then like you're completely non-functional your life sucks you just get more miserable right you don't feel any sort of sense of fulfillment so like you're kind of responsible to yourself to be resilient right and to push through these times like that get difficult like that's that's the whole purpose right i mean 
I, guess. I think I think it's all of those things. To be perfectly honest, like it's we built it into resilience, right? Purpose or mm-hmm. or self care, relationships, awareness, like characters, like your contributions to society. If you're thinking Doctor Doofenshmirtz, right? Mm, yeah. But um, I think I think they all can be interpreted to mean all of them. Like they go hand in hand. But because they're so like if this were a disease, they would call this high comorbidity. Like they happen mm-hmm. so much together. Resilience, reasoning, and responsibility happen so many times together that really benefit student achievement and generate general life success strategies. Mm-hmm. That's incredible to me because how frequently would you say that you were taught about this in schooling? I mean, like never. <laughs> like we maybe think about like maybe you'll like have really a retreat or you'll abstractly. have like abstractly. We went to it, Catholic it always, school, so yeah. like you have your religion courses where they kind of hit on to, like, things something like this, else that you know? It couldn't really relate to. So. And it, it was never concrete. You were never told, here's, the co- you should learn to cope. Who told you that? Like Nobody's no, yeah. told you that in schooling. But we're seeing that through our re- psychological research channels that these are actually beneficial strategies to academic achievements and like really succeeding in life across all kinds of things like Mm -hmm. better problem solving better people equals better society equals better everything and like the way i started my podcast this year some some required is trying to be the best version of myself right and why not promote that here and with all of your athletes and everybody (laughs) we know right like what do you have to say give your two cents well no i mean like like going back to you like doing your podcast right and like it's something you always wanted to do and like you it was just like a passion project right like that like doing things for yourself is a big thing i feel like a lot of people don't tell you to do right like like in school talking about coping right like like coping right people don't tell you to cope for yourself necessarily right it's like i feel specifically like our school right like when I was in high school, right? It wasn't a lot of... I think that's why those lessons that we talk about now didn't really register in high school because it wasn't... There wasn't a big emphasis on, like, you should do these things because they're good for you. And then in turn, right, like, you become more functional and you can do these things you want to do more effectively and Mm -hmm. you become more helpful in society, right? And I guess maybe that still is kind of the... Going back to even what we were talking about, right? Like, I get that's still tied into like external responsibility i guess but i mean i mean let's just let's put let's put the nail in the coffin like why isn't it it should be an external responsibility like yeah i mean want to be better societies and better peoples and you get a holistically better world right yeah i mean and thinking about that piece that you were just saying about like you know in the schooling system like in, if you think about, you know, if you raise your hand in an American kindergarten and you answer a question incorrectly, like, likely maybe the peers will ridicule, right? Mm-hmm. Say, like, third grade to be a little more yeah. realistic. But, it, and then if you fail on your assignments, you're, you beat yourself up, you feel bad, like, kids mm-hmm. cry, whatever, they feel like it's a punishment. Whereas in a culture like Japan, for example... If it's incorrect, it's a learning opportunity. It's it's room for growth when yeah, they're little. And as totally. they get more incorrect as they grow, it's not like a breakdown and I'm worthless. It's a, well, if I apply myself, I can do this. I yeah. can conquer that. And those are all of those three pieces. Mm-hmm. The resilience, the reasoning, the responsibility. No, like, yeah. I all think those like, uh, there's just this like intrinsic, like built-in fear, like I guess in the American system, right? Like, and... I'm sure everywhere, but like just the way we're grown up and like taught things and like our reinforcement system, I guess there's like this built in fear to be wrong, right? You always need to be right. Like if you're wrong, you get punished, blah, blah, blah. Like if you do something wrong in practice, you get punished, right? Whatever. Um, but I think it's like the opposite, right? Like you do something wrong and then you know how to not do it. Um, you know, I don't want to get too personal with examples, right? But just, like, you know, adult figures in my life when I was younger, right? This mm-hmm. is something, like, I identified early. Like, I didn't really have the greatest examples on one side of my family, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah. I know you know the backstory, right? Mm-hmm. But just for the viewers, there, 
One half of the family maybe isn't. <laughs> listeners, unless you're now on our YouTube channel, welcome. Yeah, I have a, I have one unsavory side of my, my bloodline. <laughs> so, um, but they also weren't around a lot, so like I didn't really get any of those lessons that they maybe had to offer. But to me, it was like, okay, those were great examples of what not to do. You know, it wasn't like, oh, they're doing everything wrong. Like, let me just avoid it or, or not even think about it or just shut it out completely. Right. Let me just try to get as far away from it as possible. It's like, no, I would think about the things they did and like, you know, why did they do them or whatever. Right. And it's like, even though they weren't there to teach me maybe some lessons that I'm sure they had that may have been helpful, like as a male growing up, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up around a lot of females. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff I didn't really quite get the get the rundown on but um from guys but at least thinking about right like what did they do that like I didn't like that I saw and like you learn from it right not not avoid it and shut it out but just like what can I learn from it right um so I honestly like I forgot what we were even talking about before (laughs) (laughs) we were were talking about how basically like all of these things if, if you had those role models showing you like even if the like your role models had or the people that were were not your role models right they had skills they had things that they could have helped you understand and didn't but they also weren't taught oh right right okay so like learning learning from mistakes and being resilient right and also in in school like having Uh, yeah having a Um, format uh, to do that right right like so so like going back to mistakes mm -hmm. right i think that's and like being afraid to go to those places or like be in a position where you might get embarrassed or ridiculed um you know like that that's almost like a place of resilience too right to put yourself out there and to not be afraid to do it right it's there's so many in the face of adversity yeah against the difficulty and then just like even okay i remember my chemistry teacher at like community college you know he was talking about like this some kid was asking about like oh should i apply to like yale you know and like it was someone that was clearly like un- unqualified for Yale, right? But the I remember my teacher goes, "Well, you know, if you apply, your chances go from zero to something positive." Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like so many people are afraid, and like, yeah, okay, maybe on paper this person was not your Yale typical person, but if he doesn't apply, or, you know, like then he's for sure not getting in. If he does send an application in. Well, at least he's got a, at a minimum a one percent chance, right? Whatever, like there's he, a positive number. He just odds. put himself out there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And like that's the same thing with like raising your hand for a question or like trying a new event or a new thing or sport or whatever it is, right? Like, yeah, maybe you're gonna, you know, not do so well at first, but at least there's a a chance you might do well, right? So I think resilience is the same. Um, resilience I, is is the key, I think. Like looking at the three. Are the other mm-hmm. three R's, I should say, of resilience, reasoning, and responsibility. I think resilience is the one that gets you through the rest of them. And I think that's why it was resonating yeah. so much with me because I could, I could get through the reasoning and I know what my responsibility is. But it's like the, the choice to be resilient is difficult, but that's exactly what, what I think it is. It's a choice. Right. You have to choose to be self-aware. You have to choose to be mindful and to care about yourself and to grow positive relationships and to do all of that with, with your purpose. Hopefully your purpose is a positive one for society because that's just really what my goal is. But um, if it's not, uh, cool. We can talk about that some other time. Well, I also think like just on the note of resilience, right? I think a lot of people mistake resilience for like being impervious to any sort of like hardship. Like bottling right? it up, putting yeah, up the walls. like just just being the wall, right? Everything mm-hmm. bounces off, nothing that sticks, right? I never have a difficult time. Yeah, I that's never not resilient. I never no. Yeah. It's like no, yeah. It's, stuff's gonna happen where it's like yeah, okay, you're gonna go through a funk. You're gonna you're gonna it's be not in the all pits. Be easy. Yeah, but it like, takes time. do you stay there forever? Yeah. Like how? Like you know. What are you going to do to get out of it, right? Like, gonna, I get. Are you going to solve the problem? Or yeah. Or are you going to sit in it? Exactly, right? So, I think, you know, you can have, like, shoot, you, you know, you got your whole life ahead of you. There could be a year where it's really bad, right? But, like, do you come out of it? There like, could be after five the year? Years where it's really exactly. Bad, you know? Like, just being resilient to me is eventually you do get out, right? You are trying along the way, and, like, not every attempt or everything you do is going to be successful. 
but obviously like hopefully some of these tools that like we're going over you can implement them right um and maybe that helps you along the way get there faster and then as you go along right the next time you do get in a funk or whatever maybe it's not a month or a year or a week right maybe it's like half of that or a quarter of that like eventually you just you get better at identifying what gets you out of difficult situations and you know bad head spaces or whatever and yeah. to me like that's what resilience is you yeah. know just being able to to help yourself out of things or you know cope with things you know however and to hopefully not like you know anything bad but <laughs> i swear um i mean the i had to in the big picture like i really thought i mean these are all important and we can talk about reasoning and responsibility for their own episode if we really wanted to but like resilience really stuck out to me among all of them and I wanted to think of like more ish contemporary examples like thinking in the past like 200 years okay that's what I mean by contemporary it's not even that far back but like it's pretty freaking far back (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going that far back I'm being so dramatic almost eight of my lifespans but like Gloria Gaynor I will survive the opening lyric at first, I was afraid. I was petrified. And then she goes on, and I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong, but I grew strong. And she talks about how she got stronger and stronger and angrier, and then eventually it was, like, not a problem because mm-hmm. you will survive. At yeah. the end of the day, you will survive. And the other one that came to mind immediately was um, Miley Cyrus, The Climb. Oh, God. There's always <laughs> going to be another mountain. Yeah. And you're always going to want to make it move. Like, legit, there's always going to be another problem. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be another obstacle. There's always going to be another thing for you to conquer. It's always going to be an uphill battle. And sometimes you're going to have to lose. Yeah. I was actually, like, talking to a recruit about this for the mm-hmm. college. Um, it, you know, he came from, like, a smaller league mm-hmm. where, like, he just kind of dominates his league, right? No one's really that fast in the league. But he's pretty fast. So, like... He just, you know, smacks on everybody. <laughs> and, they were, you know, his mom was kind of telling us that, like, oh, I don't want him to get cocky, though, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, get all this stuff. And he was acknowledging it, right? Like, no, I don't think that, whatever, right? But I was telling him, too, like, you know, it's it's funny, too, right? Like, no matter how good you get at something, there's always going to be someone better than you, unless you're winning, like, the Olympic gold medal. And even then, right, like, with time, someone's going to come along and beat you, right? Like... There's always going to be something to tackle. There's always going to be someone ahead of you or some of that, you know, you have to, something you have to overcome. Like, and just every time you get better, right, there's a new, well, there's a new obstacle, right? What's like new levels, new devils, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, okay, you just took over this one aspect of your life. You dominated in one league or one, one, you know, strata of your job. But like now you got promoted. So it's like there's bigger fish now, and now you got to compete with these bigger fish that are like these problems in life, right? You overcome one hurdle, then there's like going to be another thing because now you've elevated yourself, you know, you've improved your own life, so you're putting yourself in a different like sphere now, right? A different, different kind of classification, different level. So there's going to be bigger problems that come with that, you know, more money, more problems, right? Like the higher you go, the more challenging sometimes these puzzles become, right? But you keep going, and you're going to keep solving them. All to you know? say, to be resilient. Exactly. Like, you, you need to and be to, resilient to, to these things because problems. it's going to keep coming back. Right? Like, Practice these things to improve and be better so that you don't have to struggle as much and so you have better perspective. And I think a, a big portion of that, too, is like we're doing now, talking to other people, mm-hmm. even if they don't align exactly with the same thoughts, right? I mean, we have pretty similar thought processes yeah. in this regard, but... Just starting those conversations and prompting that, especially with younger individuals. Like, when, not you necessarily, Brandon, but the listeners, like, when was the last time when you were around somebody significantly younger than you and had a conversation about self-awareness or mindfulness or Mm -hmm. resilience or just giving them a, a little tidbit of information that might help them get through their day? Like, there's so many strategies in the world, in the universe, that we can utilize to become better problem solvers. And, I mean, Gloria Gaynor, Miley Cyrus, had the strong fervor behind it, right? Like, the passion. And 
it sucks. Sometimes you are going to have to lose. But when you when you take the loss, choose to be resilient. Yeah. And also just whenever that new problem or new mountain or whatever comes up, like, if you're resilient, you're not going to be afraid of it coming up, right? It's just, well, what do I do? Not like, oh, God, it's here. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like if you get a gift in the mail, it has all the pieces, but it says there's still some assembly required. Plug. Plug. <laughs> but that was that was awesome and thank you so much for chatting with me today. I mean like we yeah, I totally. feel like there's lots of opportunity to talk about the youth and, and things, so we'll definitely have you I back just, for I just kinda ramble anyways, right? I mean well, that's what I we're here for. This is the hope. But... I mean I'm also I've I've talked to so many people now outside of some assembly required, you know so many people oh my gosh oh you all five of my listeners thank you for being here again today um but it's it's really exciting to have a platform and to talk about these things and to reflect on how we do things and improve on them like sometimes i say sentences that aren't even fully formed and that's that's okay it's okay me too we're we're out here we're doing it and and you guys are listening so you're also doing it i appreciate you all being here and I mean, lots of new stuff. We have the Some Assembly Required Pod Insta. We now have the Some Assembly Required Pod on YouTube. And we are now here with guests. Whoop. Who knows what's more to come. And if you're interested, shoot me a DM. If you want to throw me some feedback, shoot me a DM. Some Assembly Required Pod on Insta. And Brian, what a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. If you have a kid, by the way, that likes to run, uh, shoot. In the San Pedro, Los Angeles. I, that doesn't even matter, dude. I'll take you for wherever, all right? Just shoot everyone. You're trying to move to the beach cities in the South Bay of California. Shoot me a DM, <laughs> and then she'll let me know. All right. Shoot me a DM. Um, or if you just want life advice, uh, we're, we're both here for you. Unsolicited, of course. Um, have a lovely Friday. If this is Friday when you're listening to it, if it's not, totally cool i hope you have a lovely day anyway and we will chat soon peace